guys, welcome back to But What's Next with me, Michelle Reed. I am so excited for this episode because it's actually with my sister, Lindsay, and if you guys are new to the podcast or you don't know me from YouTube, my family is a huge part of my videos. I mention them in basically all my vlogs whenever I'm home in Texas, and so I knew from the start that I wanted to integrate my family in a lot of these episodes because while you guys see them on videos and everything, I think it's so different to actually hear from them specifically, and if you guys don't know, I'm the youngest of five and so there are a lot of different personalities in my family and I like to think that we're all doing very different cool things and so I wanted to start kind of sharing stories from my family and I wanted to start with my sister Lindsay. She is going to turn 26 I believe here soon. She's turning 26 in May and she is a photographer and she's also a mom and I think her story is really cool how she started her business, kind of how she deals with work-life balance while being a mom. We go into dating, we go into a lot of different subjects. This is definitely a more conversational episode because I do want to balance them out between being conversational and also being very informative and while I think that this episode is very informative as well, I think that it's just fun and you guys can kind of see a different side of me personally with my sister Lindsay. So I hope Hope you guys enjoy this let me know if you do let me know if you like hearing you know stories from my family as well I of course have a lot more episodes with people who I don't necessarily know as closely as my family who maybe started businesses they are talking more about their professional careers but I wanted this one to just be very kind of simple and like you're sitting down with me and my sister Lindsay because I think that it's fun if you guys like it make sure to leave a review and leave something nice I would really really appreciate it and we talked for a very very long time and so I'm just gonna go ahead and get right into the episode hello you guys so usually for these podcasts I have kind of an outline that I like to strictly follow because I do want this podcast to be more informational and for you to always get something from it. But because this is with my sister, Lindsay, it's probably going to be a little bit more conversational, which every now and then I like conversational podcasts. Yeah. So this should be good. Mm-hmm. But Chatty Cathy's. Yeah. I hope you can distinguish our voices too because we sound very similar. I know. And I always get comments that are like, your voice really changes when you're around your family. And I think it just goes a lot lower. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. when you feel comfortable around someone. Your voice just fits more. It just with them. drops like five octaves. People always say that you have a very southern voice. Yeah. And too. I didn't, like, I didn't know that until recently when people would comment in your comment section i was like well i guess i do have a texan accent i like it though but i kind of wanted to do a little background because i know not everyone listening to this necessarily knows my family structure but this is my sister Lindsay, as i said and i was trying to think of how old you were in the car (laughs) i think you're turning you're turning 26 right yes yeah it's just so weird because i always i feel like have thought that you were 23 i feel like you've been 23 for like five (laughs) years to me so the way i remember with our family because there's well there's five in our immediate family and then we Mm -hmm. all have kind of like married so there's newcomers in the family but we're all we're all either on an even birthday like um what is it called? Like birthday age yeah. or we're on and odd together. Yeah. So literally like I'm about to turn 26 mm-hmm. and then Jamie will be 24, which that's yeah. crazy. That's that weird. 24. And then you're going to be 22, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're all it's about nuts. to go on an even. So And Derek's turning 30, 30, which is just crazy. He's the oldest in our family and there's five of us and we're and all two Jordan years apart. Too. We got to mention Jordan, you know. Yeah. Jordan's and Jordan starts 20. it. Yeah. He starts the shift of odd to even. Yeah. But yeah, it does feel like I've been 
Like, it's crazy to think that I'm 26, because once you hit, like, 21, I feel like all your birthday's yeah. just downhill Yeah. There. I feel like I'm pretty excited for 22, and I think that's just because I want to be able to do the caption of, like, Taylor Swift's Oh, gosh. 22. I was going to actually <laughs> sing it, but then I was thinking, that's so cheesy. I feel like that was, like, six years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but 22, I feel like, is a good age. Um, but I'm excited for this episode because this, as I said, is with Lindsay, and Lindsay is... A mom and she also runs her own photography business that she started a year ago or two years ago yeah two years ago two years ago so crazy. almost two years yeah. yeah and something that I mentioned in my intro podcast was I feel like there is a emphasis on career whenever we listen to podcasts but personally I don't hear a lot of people talk about balancing you know family while also working and kind of owning your own business as well and so I'm excited for Lindsay to give her feedback on all of this but we're also going to talk a little bit on like getting married we did a video on getting married young on my channel so Mm -hmm. we probably won't talk about that a lot but probably touch on it a little bit because I think it kind of plays into your story yeah 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 Yeah. I I feel like there's so many things to say about it so I don't know if you want to start asking questions or if you want me just to kind of go into how I started. I, I will start because there are two intro questions I like to ask everyone. Ooh. But these ones can be kind of more like spitball. Like you can do yes. them quicker. And y'all, this is so exciting because Michelle's already like interviewed like legendary people. Legendary. <laughs> and I'm not saying I'm not legendary, but <laughs> I'm just me. So, yeah. but so it feels like a privilege to sit here and talk down. But honestly, I, f- I don't know if you're like this or I don't even know if you listen to podcasts that much. Yeah, I do. But I like when people do episodes with people in their family almost more than when they do them with random people who are more well known. Yeah, I don't know. I just I think, think it's interesting. Like a comfort, like there's more comfort in it. Yeah, because this literally it feels like Michelle and I are always in the car together for some reason. I don't know. We don't go a lot of places. Yeah, but, especially now. And it feels like you're just sitting in the car. And so I hope, like to y'all that are listening, it feels that way too. Yeah. Just like very comfortable, but. Yeah. No, it's a privilege to, like, even be asked my story because Michelle's got a, quite the lineup of people that are coming. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay we're going to start. I'll stop bragging Yeah, we're going to okay. start. So the first question <laughs> is, what is one thing you'd tell your 22-year-old self if you could oh, go back? Goodness. I 22? 22. Oh, you're about to so I'm about to turn okay. 22. That makes sense. Um, I probably would say, okay, I'll do, like, a big picture and then, like, a practical mm-hmm. because I feel like you can go a hundred different ways with this one so big picture I would say that whatever you're investing your time in right now is going to help prepare you for your future Mm -hmm. but your future may look completely different than what you thought it was going to look like so when I say that what I mean is when I was 22 I was straight out of college working my first job as a social worker and That's just what I thought I was going to be doing for years and years. And then I'm like, when did I have Ezra? Not 22. I know. I just feel like you've always had Ezra. I know. Sometimes I forget that. Yeah. But then I shortly got pregnant after and that completely like changed my trajectory of life that I was heading on, which was really good. But also um, it's good to know that what you're doing is going to be useful in the future, but you may not always be doing the same thing that you thought you were going to be doing when you mm-hmm. graduated from college. And yeah. I think a lot of people have, have a hard time realizing that when they graduate. Like, they yeah. think that they're just going to 
I thought this, that you just graduate college with your degree and you go straight into the career that you've been studying for four years, which sometimes happens. Yeah. But for me, there were so many different job opportunities within social work that it just looked a lot different for Mm -hmm. me. So I still use some of my skills that I used when I was a social worker as a photographer now, but Mm -hmm. it just looks completely different. And I never would have thought that I would be in photography. And then practical, I would say save your money. (laughs) Yeah. Save everything. (laughs) I know. Because Ben and I were married and we just were like, we have, we have not, we weren't like millionaires or anything, Mm. but we had two incomes that we were living off of now Mm. that we were married and combined our incomes. And we look back and are like, we didn't save anything. Yeah. We literally spent our money on like going to see Joe Exotic. (laughs) I don't know if you want Which me to bring that up. Which is such a funny but... story, guys. I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen. I haven't even seen it because I'm really weird with watching TV shows or movies when they're really strange. It's really It weird. just affects me. But funny it's story, really Lindsay and her husband, Ben, they literally went and saw him before, like, tons of years ago. Wasn't it, like, three years yeah. ago? It was, like, way before. It was, like, before Ben and I got married. And yeah. we got married at 22 and 24, so. And it was exactly, like, the documentary, it was right? Exa- like, we met Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic literally so put, like, this is so gross to think about, but he literally put, like, biscuits. I didn't do it because I was too grossed out, but biscuits in our mouth, and then the giraffes came down and ate the biscuit oh out of our mouth. And gosh. we have a picture somewhere so that. Funny. I wish I could insert the picture, but I, I know. obviously can't. Just, you can imagine, so though. funny. Just imagine my blonde-haired husband with a biscuit in his mouth and Joe Exotic in the background bringing Uh, the giraffe down but anyways we spent money on that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. because we were like we're we're married or we have new jobs and we have this money that we didn't have before um as struggling college students and instead of like really prioritizing saving um well i think when you first get married to you're just having a lot of fun too it's so exciting and new especially for you guys and so i think that a lot of people probably get caught up in that which i'm also like they're great memories so i don't want to say that well not joe exotic but (laughs) it was awful y'all i felt so bad after we went but like they are great memories but Mm -hmm. now we are so responsible with our money with ezra and i just wish we had a little bit more of a cushion Mm -hmm. Just for, like, emergencies, but but could have, would have, should have. And then the second one is, what is one skill that you think is important to have when starting your career that maybe people don't talk about very often or Mm. something that you didn't expect? And we're going to go into your early career in social work because I know a lot of people listening are probably interested in that. Yeah, and I've actually had some of your subscribers that have messaged me on um, Instagram and Mm. asked about social work, but... So I think one skill that I've learned over the years is flexibility. I don't know if people talk about that a lot. You can have a lot of vision for your business and you do need to have that passion because when it gets tough or when you have some struggles along the way Mm -hmm. um, as a business owner, you do need to have that concrete passion of why you're doing what you're doing. I think that's really applicable right now too. Yeah, Yeah. because you're going to – I mean – I don't have a business background whatsoever. Mm. Like you definitely know way more business. You're way more business minded, I think, just because you've yeah. had to do it since you started your channel for a little bit. I feel like I learned 
along the way, though, when I started, it was really kind of just me being scrappy in my room <laughs> on photo booth making yeah. videos. And there probably wasn't as much, like, red tape back in the day on YouTube as there is yeah. now. But um, I – so when I say flexibility, though, I don't have the business background, and I don't – I never had to file taxes as a business mm-hmm. owner before. And so that stuff can get really um, – just overwhelming if you don't have the background in it, but you can learn that stuff as long as you have a passion behind Mm -hmm. what you're doing. And so I've learned that stuff and it's been really awesome actually to see myself grow in, you know, calculating the numbers financially Mm -hmm. for the business and all that kind of stuff. But, um, when I started doing photography, I was shooting everything like Mm -hmm. families, um, newborns, like newborn sessions, labor and delivery mm-hmm. family I think I said family but um and then Weddings. I did my first wedding and actually Michelle was there for my first wedding too <laughs> but um but anyways it was yeah it, it was a lot and I just was super passionate about everything and then I learned that the best way I was going to grow my business is if I narrowed it down to two areas that I could mm-hmm. really focus in and that was me being flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, it was hard because I really did enjoy doing labor and delivery mm-hmm. and shooting babies as well as doing like senior sessions, mm-hmm. which I'm not saying that I don't still do a couple here and there, but I strictly do weddings and families now. And mm-hmm. it's allowed me to really focus in on my clients and serve them well, instead of over committing to too many different types of styles and and Mm -hmm. people groups because that's really what it is yeah i think it's just better when you focus on one thing or a couple things rather than trying to do everything because then people will come to you like for those specific things and then you can ultimately charge more because you have a business because you're being selective Mm -hmm. um and that's something that i've learned too but oh yeah going into the early career want to ask what you studied in college and what your first job out of college was yeah. And how you chose it. Ooh, that's that's an easy one. Yeah. But um so well first my first semester I went to a very small school to study worship and music and I couldn't Throw stand back. it. So I came back home and that's a whole long story, but I'm not gonna get into that. But I decided so I'll throw a shout out to Pops in this, our dad. Um I think Michelle's talked quite a bit about dad and yeah. how he's invested in her, but He just basically told us that we need to look at where our natural giftings are and really focus on that as far as a career. And my natural gifting is just like loving and helping people. I was always volunteering on the weekends and really involved in my youth group that allowed me to just do different outreach. And so my natural inclination was to do social work. Because you literally, social work is literally just constantly helping people. So I studied social work and I graduated with my undergrad in social work. And part of my internship was actually a training and it rolled into an actual job at Mm -hmm. Child Protective Services. It's called different things in different states. So I'd be curious to hear what it's called in everybody's different states. One of my friends, her dad works for CPS in New York and it is called CPS. Is it called CPS? Yeah. So we, so I was a caseworker, which meant I just did 
Absolutely everything. Literally everything. <laughs> everything. Everything you can imagine. I can't even, I couldn't even specify specifically what my job role yeah. was. And even when I signed up for the job, there was already so many different qualities that they said that you needed to have as a mm-hmm. caseworker. And there were way more that should have been listed mm-hmm. that weren't on the job description. But basically, as a caseworker, in my title, I took the cases after the children were were removed from their families and it became a legal case. So Mm -hmm. I was kind of working with the families to, to hopefully reunite as long as the parents could safely protect their children and kind of break some, a lot of it's generational patterns that are in their family, but that's a whole web of stuff that I don't think I need to get into right now, Mm -hmm. but I was helping them basically get the help that they need Mm -hmm. while caring for their kids and making sure that their kids are safe. But I was still removing kids, doing tons of paperwork. I think the biggest thing about social work that people don't realize when they're going into it is that you have to write down word for word, Mm -hmm. verbatim, every conversation that you have with anybody. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so that's a lot of the job is literally documenting every conversation that Mm -hmm. you have because if something goes wrong... You get called into court and then you get asked about it. And so you have to have it all documented. Yeah. And then there's the whole court Mm -hmm. thing too, where you have to go and testify based on your case. So Mm -hmm. yeah. It takes like a very specific kind of person too, because I remember Lindsay would come home after just like visiting. You didn't live at home. Did you live at home? I did for a little bit. Yeah. Before Ben and I got married, I, when I first, like very first started the job, I lived at home home for, I think like five months. Yeah. So not super long. But But you would tell stories of, you know, the things that you went through when you were removing kids or even just getting calls from your kids to do random stuff. And I remember, I'm not going to tell the story because I think most of these things are probably confidential. Yeah. Well, and they tell you not even to share it with like your husband. And some people don't do that, but there's no way. That's (laughs) like not healthy at all. Uh -uh. You can't carry it by yourself. But she would tell these stories. And I remember one time I just started crying at the dinner (laughs) table because I can't imagine how having to go through that, even being the kid going through that, but also being the person who's there to facilitate all of the conversation and whatnot. It's a really tough job. I can't even imagine. And having to separate how you emotionally feel in the situation from, okay, this is like my professional job and I have to. Yeah, it's hard. And the hardest thing was too that I couldn't be like Lindsay, the caseworker. I had to be Lindsay, the Mm -hmm. representative of Child Protective Services. And so the decisions that I made, well, they weren't decisions I made. They were decisions that my boss would make and then her boss would make. And then I was just the bearer Mm -hmm. of bad news to all these people and Mm -hmm. And it was hard. It was hard to be that because you want to be compassionate, mm-hmm. but you also know that you your emotions and stuff can get involved and sway what you're going to do. But yeah, I, so this is like a funny thing, but still with even now, there are things that bring me back to when I worked at CPS, like Moana was on, we put Moana on for Ezra oh, yeah. um, the other day and he, he just loves Maui because Maui's got like the low voice and it's such a cute movie. But one of my little girls at CPS who I was, I spent like every week with transporting her to see her her grandma every week that's another thing is you I think I put like 50,000 miles on my car within (laughs) two years of being a caseworker which is like crazy 50,000 miles you New Yorkers don't know what I'm talking about (laughs) but it's a lot even when I was watching it with Ezra I still 
Like, it brought me back to when I was riding in the car with her and her... She just needed to debrief from a lot of the trauma that she was facing. Mm -hmm. So we would put Moana on in the background and she'd always be singing, You're Welcome, if you guys know Maui songs. But yeah, it was so cute. But I did, I I enjoyed it as much as I could. And I still have really good memories of just all of my sweet kiddos and families. And when you were in it, did you ever think that you wanted to be in that job for the long term? Or did you know you would want to cycle into something else? Yeah, it was always kind of a joke. I think people said that the turnover, I think the turnover rate is like most people only stay there a year Mm -hmm. and I was there for almost two years and I knew I still wanted to be in social work but Mm -hmm. I was like I need to go like be on the foster parent side of things or something where it's just you're only dealing dealing you're only uh, ministering to one specific Mm -hmm. population and you're not like literally you're Mm -hmm. because you're with the family you're talking to lawyers you have your own caseworkers that you're in an office with and they're telling you all about their cases mm-hmm. and debriefing it on you and you're just talking to so many people. I knew I wanted to still be in social work, but I could not stay at that job for super long. So yeah. it was a really bad environment. Yeah. Yeah. It was really tough. We didn't but... and also we didn't even have our own desk. Like art's crazy. You had you literally had like a rolling suitcase that mm-hmm. you brought your stuff in, and then hopefully when you came to the office every once in a while, because you basically lived in your car and worked in your mm-hmm. car, you would just bring your little suitcase of stuff yeah. and hope that there's a desk that you could use. And it's different than doing a job where it is hard, but you're compensated a lot because you don't yeah, make, especially starting out, and if you don't have a master's, right? Yeah, you don't make a ton of money. So it really, I feel yeah. like. Um, the people who work in social work, they really feel called to do yeah. it. And it takes a certain kind of person because you're definitely not doing it for yeah, the money. That's spot on. And I, I will say too that the first year that I was there, the the caseworkers were treated so poorly mm-hmm. and just overworked and undercompensated that they actually, like Texas passed through a $12,000 raise for that year. So they basically give wow. you an extra $1,000 a month. And then that next year, that was your new pay. And still mm-hmm. the turnover rate didn't change. And that was a sad, that was the sad part about it. Yeah. Ben was like, cha-ching, cha-ching, you're staying here forever, <laughs> my husband. But I, I just couldn't. It it, it mm-hmm. didn't help any of the problems. Honestly, I wish they would have taken, you always wish differently, but you wish that they would have taken the money and helped the actual organization as a mm-hmm. whole. But I don't know, you're mess. you're, you're working with people's lives and that's always going to be really complicated. Mm-hmm. So, and you mentioned Ben. So I want to cycle into oh, hey, ben. your story of how you met Ben. Ben is <laughs> Lindsay's husband because yes. I think your story with Ben kind of overlaps with your story of your early career. So how'd you meet Ben? Yeah. Yeah. So I met Ben in college. Um, Both of us were playing intramural football together. Ben was not my type. I was not into... We were very surprised when we saw Ben for the first time. We're like, whoa. Because we always thought Lindsay liked these dark... I did. ...haired, kind of more... Yes. more of like, a lumberjack, like a rugged feel. look. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think lumberjack so was right. No, I was. I always used to say that I like could see myself marrying like 
like almost like a caveman type of yeah. guy, like really dark hair, really dark eyes. And then we see this photo of this blonde haired, blue eyed. Yes, and Ben, like the running joke was that Ben looked like Sean Lowe. From he the does look, especially back in the day. He's way I more really wish I could now. insert a picture. <laughs> go to Lindsay's Instagram. Just go to my creep. Instagram. Scroll down. Yes. You can find it. At Lindsay Hermance. Lindsay with a Y. though. No. But <laughs> yeah, so he did, like, especially when we first started dating, Ben was had way more of a preppy style too and I just I don't have that style at all so I was not attracted to him at all but then after one of our football games he sat across from me at fuzzies I don't know if you guys have fuzzies taco but Mm -hmm. he sat across from me and he started naming all the same bands that I liked like Fleet Foxes Mm -hmm. and the Avid Brothers and I was like who is this guy like who are you? So, anyways. So, you slid into the Facebook DMs. So, I did slide in the Facebook. At our time, it was Facebook. Instagram was nothing. Instagram uh-huh. was like, I think I had like 10 likes on the pictures back then. And I was like, I have 10. Yeah. I'm in the double digits. That's so weird to think about because Instagram is, I think, the biggest social media yeah. now. I love Instagram now. But back yeah. then, it was absolutely nothing. In the, oh my gosh, the filters, y'all, were so bad. They're like, well, some people's are really orange. Sometimes I joke that yours are kind of orange. Because yeah, like, I think we all went through the preset phase where it made you look really, orange yes, and you thought you so looked tan. So you can, but I don't use presets anymore. Ooh. I'm strictly a VSCO A9 filter. Okay, is girl. that what they call the girl? See, I'm so Visco like, girls. Out of Visco. Okay, yeah. I was like, is it VSCO or is it Visco? I honestly never understood what a Visco girl was. I don't get it either. They have nice Anyways, filters. We didn't have Visco girls back in the day. I do have a Visco count. Account you do, now. but I use like okay. I'm not gonna get into all that, but I use Lightroom <laughs> on my yeah on my phone to edit. So, anyways, yeah, and then the rest was history with Ben from there. Ben is like anybody that knows him; he's just like the most compassionate and kind and thoughtful type of personality. He's a very friendly person. Yeah, I had I've maybe people are lying to me, but I'm like. Mm-hmm. I've never met anybody that said, like, oh, I just can't stand that Ben Hermance yeah. guy, you know? Yeah. Because some... I definitely think that I personally have a personality that not everyone is drawn to. Yep. I'm Me more too. reserved and sometimes probably come off as, I don't know, kind of stuck up. But it's really just because I'm quiet. And I also talked about this in the first episode. If you guys I think we listen. both, yeah. But And I think everyone in our family, to a certain extent, kind of has that personality. You just notice when someone is super friendly and people just naturally feel drawn to yeah. them. I think it's more extroverted people, too. That's kind of Ben's personality. And Ben has the best voice. Yeah. Like, he has... You need to have Ben on your next podcast mm-hmm. so that people can just listen to his voice. But he he's a teacher, so he... And you can definitely tell when he talks. Yeah. But... um, And he has the country accent. Like, if you listen to Ben, he, talk, he definitely has a country swing. But, yeah, we have the personalities. I always say that we're not shy. We're just quiet. Yeah. So we're not going to be the people that are, like, always voicing our opinions in class or raising mm-hmm. our hands first but then when people would talk to us or approach us, we're completely social. It's just we're yeah. not going to be overtly, like, friendly, outwardly like forthcoming. Friendly. Yes. I don't know. It's hard to explain it. So sometimes yeah. it comes across as being a little bit stuck up, I mm-hmm. guess, to some people. But it's not. I don't know. Not Everybody that. says that we have RBF faces. Too, <laughs> that so. is true. I, I do not have that. a natural smiling face. And yeah, I really wish they did. But <laughs> I've tried to be better, though. I've had, Ezra. I cannot even tell you the amount of people on the subway who 
they'll see me like viewers on the subway and they'll dm me and be like hey i saw you but i just don't want to bother you because you looked like you were really concentrated (laughs) i'm like it's so sad so go say hi yeah always say hi if you see me because it always makes my day (laughs) even if it doesn't look like it Anyways, I don't even know where we got on that. Oh, I also wanted to ask when you knew you wanted to marry Ben. Oh, ooh. So I actually told Ben that I loved him through a letter before he told me within a month of us dating. So I don't know. Y'all, I was like, I had had terrible dating relationships before Lindsay had a lot of boyfriends. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I hate it when you guys say that. I did not have a lot of boyfriends. I don't think it's a bad thing. And I feel like it's good to talk about because I think especially in the Christian community, there's a stigma that, well, I think this is partly true. Yeah, (laughs) that you can't date different people. But sometimes it is fun dating other people and seeing what you want. I definitely And needed... Lindsay knew what she wanted by this <laughs> Oh, gosh. I definitely, yeah. No, that sounds awful. It but sound I did, yes, I did date a few people before Ben. But yeah, I, so I definitely knew what I wanted and I did not want by the time I was dating Ben. Mm-hmm. And so everything for us was like, I feel like our first year of dating was just like literally like the honeymoon period because mm-hmm. I'd finally found somebody that had all these qualities that I was looking for, but he just did not look anything like what I thought he was mm-hmm. going to look like. And now I adore it because Ezra looks exactly like mm-hmm. him and he's so cute. Yeah, I think I knew I wanted to marry Ben. Probably Ben and I have actually talked about this before, mm-hmm. but I feel like my answer always changes. I probably knew within the first year Yeah, just because... You always wonder when you first start dating for somebody, you're like, is mm-hmm. this, or maybe just with Ben, mm-hmm. you're like, is this going to continue? Like, is he going to continue being the same way consistently? Mm-hmm. You're like waiting for the shoe to drop. I don't know what that means. Yeah. I've heard that phrase before, yeah. the shoe to drop, but I don't know exactly I think it what is. Means. With Ben, it never did. Like, he was always super chivalrous and caring, and, and then also, like, we are really strong in our faith too and so seeing him grow um in his faith and be vocal about it he just had all the qualities that i was looking for in somebody Mm -hmm. and also ben is like so quick to ask for forgiveness as Mm -hmm. well as give forgiveness and that was a huge quality that i was looking for because Mm -hmm. i do not like to like hold grudges against people and Mm -hmm. i just don't yeah so that was really really appealing to me so probably Mm -hmm. within the first year yeah And then when you guys were talking about getting engaged and getting married, did you Mm -hmm. feel any sort of stigma against getting married, quote, young? Oh, yeah. And I would say young by societal standards because obviously back in the day people got married when they were 18. So I don't think that – because you guys were 22, right? You got engaged – you were 21. He was 23, right? Yeah. You got engaged? So, yeah. And we had literally almost a year engagement. Yeah, I – it's hard for us because I think I th- we talked about this in your video yeah. a little bit, but I had friends that were getting engaged and getting married that were the same age as us of all different types of like backgrounds and maturity levels. And mm-hmm. they were getting still getting married, but I didn't really get any like negative feedback until I was in the workforce with people that were older than mm-hmm. me. And so, and a lot of people were just saying like, oh, really? One, you guys aren't living together before you're getting married. Which mm-hmm. That's a big one. Yeah. And we talked about that a little bit in your video but so the living together and then are you sure you don't want to like have a little bit more experience Mm -hmm. and and it was never it was always like joking you know but you know behind the jokes there's 
actual yeah. like worry about what you're doing. Well, because there's always, always a little bit of truth it. behind a joke. Even yeah. when people say something, you're like, mm, you kind of actually mean that a little bit. Yeah. And I also, like I said, you guys know the background. It's kind of a good segue. Mm-hmm. You guys know the background now, between what my job looked like at in the mm-hmm. social work profession. And so to know that everyone was working these really hard caseloads and they're all working around me. And then I was going to be taking off a week, which meant they were going to have to take on my caseloads too. And so I also think there was some frustration mm-hmm. about having to work extra for me mm-hmm. to go then and get married. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get any negative feedback mm-hmm. before we were getting married. And I felt really at peace with marrying Ben because we had dated for three years before and put in all the hard work and did premarital counseling with a really awesome couple. Um, So I felt really prepared for a marriage and I didn't, there was never like, oh man, I am too young to get married, you know? And once you were married, were what was the biggest kind of expectation versus reality situation? Oh, we also gosh. kind of cover this in the video, but I know you had to I feel pick like there's one. a lot. I feel like I there's know. a lot of different ones. I think it's the way you handle conflict. I think I said something different in the video, but this this is a more serious. Mm-hmm. I feel like podcasts you can really get into like the yeah. nitty gritty. So yeah, I think in the video we talked about one person's more messy than the other person, <laughs> and it's like obviously that comes in with moving in together with anyone yeah so my I'll just get blunt but I like to run in conflict and Mm -hmm. kind of hide from it comes from the way we were raised a little bit but then Mm -hmm. also I think that's just my personality I don't want to deal with it I'd rather just like sweep it under the rug and not talk about it Ben Mm -hmm. is not gonna let that happen Ben wants to talk it through he Mm -hmm. wants to immediately he's never Ben is like so gracious but even if he rose his voice a little bit because Ben does have that like Mm -hmm. thunderous voice even if Ben did raise his voice like a little bit like he's gonna talk about it in the moment and we've Mm got to talk it through even if it gets heated we call Mm -hmm. it heated fellowship we don't call it fights um <laughs> he did the fellowship. Nicer. I like that the biggest issue for me is that I had absolutely nowhere to run like mm-hmm. we are living in the same at that time the same apartment and so when there are things that I just was obviously frustrated but frustrated at but I wasn't expressing it to Ben then he would try to come after me and then I would mm-hmm. try to hide from it and you just can't do that and so mm-hmm. our biggest battle was trying to decide how we were going to react to conflict so mm-hmm. we came to a compromise and basically said, "I'm Ben's going to let Lindsay, he's going to let me go to the room for a little bit, mm-hmm. whether it's I need to listen to some worship music or pray or mm-hmm. journal for a little bit. I, I'm going to walk away for a little bit and think for like an hour at most, mm-hmm. and then we'll get back together and we'll sit down and talk it through. Mm-hmm. And we've still, we've still kind of held to that now and we've been married for almost four years it's very interesting to see how different people argue too and i think it does go back to how you were raised yeah because even with aiden and i i think there's this weird thing where people expect that like arguing with someone is a bad thing and i really don't think it is and i think especially when you date it's good to learn kind of your arguing styles your conflict styles Mm -hmm. and i'm definitely more of the it takes me a long time to process my feelings and i think when someone really likes to talk through things Especially Aiden, he's a verbal processor, and I'm just not a verbal processor. I'm a so mental processor. The, well, you guys are the same as us then. Yeah. People always say you shouldn't, 
like go to sleep upset. That's always oh. the biggest thing. And there's sometimes, especially when you're dating and you're not living together, where maybe you start arguing about something at like 10 p.m. at night. And then yeah. you're like, is it worth staying up arguing about this? Or is it worth like having a good night's sleep and then talking about it? Because yeah. I've always felt that I process things better doing that. But it's just interesting to see how the dynamic changes yeah. between people. And it's funny you said that because I cannot think of their names, but um, it's a videographer couple that's on YouTube and they're both Christians and they're married. And, uh, Alien Sutton? Brian? Sutton? Oh, Nate and Sutton. Yes. Mm-hmm. they. I was, I was watching one of their videos and they were talking about how like he definitely goes to sleep angry. Mm-hmm. And because if he goes to sleep angry, he'll wake up and he's like, I was dumb. Like, I was yeah. so dumb. <laughs> and then the next morning, they're fine. But mm. you are so tired and cranky at night. And so natural, like, little tiffs will just come up because mm. you're just tired. And so I think yeah. sometimes if you sleep on it. Now, if it's a big issue, that's totally different. Yeah. But those little pet peeves that you have about mm. each other, I think you just need to sleep on it a little bit. And what would your biggest piece of advice be to newlyweds? Mm. newlyweds or people that are about to get married maybe people who are about to get married try to encourage you to do some type of premarital counseling and if Mm. you don't have that in your church find like a couple who's married who you really respect their marriage and just ask them if they can like go through a book with you Mm. to like talk about that i would do that sit down with somebody that's wiser and just pick their brain on marriage before you get married and then also talk about your finances Mm mm-hmm We're big into Dave Ramsey, especially right now. And I think the biggest thing is literally sit down and talk through Mm -hmm. logistically, like, are you guys going to all combine combine both of your accounts into one account? And what is that going to look like? Because financial fights and stressors is the number one cause of divorce, which Mm -hmm. is scary. I didn't realize that until I started listening to Dave Ramsey, but it makes sense. And so it sounds petty and weird, but even if it's like, Hey, we're going to sit down and, and we're not making a whole lot of money, but for, for the first few months of our marriage, Mm -hmm. we're going to commit to putting $50 into our savings account, you know, just having some type of plan so that you can be on the same page. Yeah. I kind of wanted to go into Ezra now and being a mom. Baby. In your mind, before you got pregnant, did you have, like, a trajectory of when you expected to start having kids? Oh, yeah. And, like, starting (laughs) having a family? Because I think that this is a really taboo topic when people maybe have kids that aren't necessarily planned. You kind of don't want to talk about that because Mm -hmm. out of fear of, like, offending your child or something. I don't think Esther's going to listen to this one day and be like, oh, my gosh, you didn't want me. No, he's no – like, he's going to know – And kind of how even despite maybe if it wasn't what you expected, like why it's a good thing. So we always talked about trying a year after we got married. So we'd give Mm -hmm. ourselves like a year to basically get comfortable. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And travel, all these things that we shouldn't have been doing. Like I said. (laughs) By traveling, you mean like going to Oklahoma? Yeah, we're not like going to (laughs) Europe, like doing round trip. No, we were like, we're going to go to Colorado one Mm -hmm. week in the summer. Which is still fun. Which was fun, but we also were not like being totally financially smart. Mm-hmm. So we were, and we weren't like going in debt or anything, yeah, like severe. But yeah, anyway, so yeah, we said that we would start trying after a year. And Ben will not mind me sharing this either. Ben had like a procedure just down there. I'm not going to go into details, <laughs> but while we were dating, and it was. 
I don't even know what the, it was technically called, but mm-hmm. basically the doctor said that it could be really difficult for us to have kids. Mm-hmm. And then when I was like 16 years old, they did some blood tests on me and the gynecologist and they told me that it was going to take this, whatever I had in my blood mm-hmm. would ultimately lead to me having a hard time having kids. And so I always kind of like had that in the back of my mind and Ben, and then when Ben was going through that, Ben was like, well, you're not the only one. Mm-hmm. Like we both were in it together. So we just didn't know. Therefore we were like, we are okay. Like a year after a year really start trying. Cause we just didn't know how long it was going to take for us or if it would be possible. Mm-hmm. But also knowing that God had it all in his timing and knew better than us. And so we weren't like super fearful of it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we were like seven or eight months into our marriage. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think of the right timing. No, I think it was a little bit more than that. But it mm-hmm. was like eight or nine months into our marriage. And I had switched my birth control. Did not know that you're supposed to like wait a little bit before you <laughs> have some fun. And... There you go. There's Ezra. So <laughs> I don't know how to put that like. It's so funny blunt. how a kid is what comes out of that. Mom I always know, talks about it. She's like, isn't it funny that when you have fun, like this is <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, but so I, I do remember though, I like took the pregnancy test by myself because I just felt like really off. We were talking, I was actually um, at mom and dad's house and we were talking about baby names Mm -hmm. on like a Saturday night. Then we went home and I was like, well, that's weird. That makes me feel really weird. Ben was like on a guy's weekend trip. Mm -hmm. Once again, living it up, guy's weekend trip. No, I'm just kidding. But Ben was away and I was like, oh, somebody had jokingly gave me pregnancy tests at my bachelorette weekend. So Mm -hmm. I had some in our little dinky apartment. And so I took the first and it was not, nothing came up. I like Uh waited and it didn't say pregnant or not pregnant. It just didn't say anything. And then I took it. I was like, well, I guess I'm going to take my last one. And immediately it said I was pregnant. And I just like dropped to my bathroom just start crying i was like what why did i do this by myself Mm. and then benton came back the next day and it was really cool because the sermon that sunday morning i went to church with my family did not tell anybody that i was pregnant went to church and the whole sermon was on like god's timing and how it's better than ours and so Mm. then ben came home and ben was so gracious in the way that he handled the situation and also you have to know in this time of life there were just other stressors because i just taken a new job in Dallas Mm. and my other job was in Fort Worth and so we would be moving to a different city and it'd be a new job and I would just be starting a job Mm. and then potentially leaving or not leaving nine months after taking the job Mm. and so there were just a lot of stresses that came along with being pregnant with Ezra. And I think that's okay to talk about. I bet you were scared about financials because kids are really expensive well it's totally it's totally okay it's like I don't know I don't know what to compare it to because it's so different but Mm. I will tell Ezra like hey you are the biggest surprise blessing of our entire life and I openly talk about that with friends and when other people ask us because we did get pregnant within our first year yeah and expressing that you we're stressed or that you're having a hard time coming to reality that your plan is not your plan anymore. Mm. You know, that you do go through like a grieving process when that happens. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you hate your child. And I think that's <laughs> yeah. like where people have to get over, you know, it's like yeah. just share 
your emotions and your thoughts because you need to get it out there first Mm -hmm. of all because you don't want to resent your kid eventually Mm -hmm. because you've just like buried all those emotions but also nobody's gonna think you hate your child because you said oh my gosh I got pregnant (laughs) (laughs) it's true and did you ever feel that you were missing out on either kind of your first year of marriage or just general opportunities in life by having you know Ezra at a younger age because this is something that I hear a lot people even me I think I think I'd really like to enjoy being married for a few years before having kids and there's this association that kids kind of derail you know the time that you have for yourself and so what would you say about that? Yeah no I never thought so I always wanted to be a mom Mm -hmm. and I think we were really blessed in our family to have a mom that was so vocal about just loving her role as a mm-hmm. mother and her and her calling as a mom. And so I I was like, well, this is a lot earlier, but I was never like, oh my gosh, I'm missing out on this or that or mm-hmm. these. But I also, I mean, I had that innate like desire in me. I will say that we were moving when we took that new job. I had already signed, we had already signed a lease on a townhome. Mm-hmm. So we had no extra bedroom for Ezra. Ezra literally, his nursery was in like this teeny dinky little loft area. Townhome ended up like. It was cute like, though. It was so ugly though. <laughs> the door would get stuck. We'd get locked out of the house. It was just very dark. It I remember so that. so dark and like depressing and. We liked that time because you're like, ooh, it's like a cool little nook and it's mm-hmm. different than our apartment. But literally, like, Ezra's little nursery was teeny mm-hmm. tiny. And I think, so I had to get over realizing that I wasn't going to be able to have, like, this new home to mm-hmm. bring Ezra in with this, like, perfectly painted nursery mm-hmm. that looks like That you see so all beautiful. over Instagram. Because that's just not reality. Yeah, and I... I would watch tons and tons of like mom vloggers mm. on YouTube and and they were my same age but they had these ginormous houses and like they literally had mm. like three bedrooms that they could choose from for their kid and all of these different baby supplies and I want to say that I didn't really care about that stuff but I think it did bother me a little bit and that's yeah. why I was so happy to be in the house we are in now with Ezra, but we worked so hard for mm. it. And so I still was like all about being a mom. So yeah. it didn't matter. And then kind of going into the photography stuff in the yes. middle of this. So you started the photography business basically when you had Ezra. If that yeah. was two years ago, cause you just turned two. Yeah. So, so I had Ezra in the end of April. Um, ben and I, So this is kind of funny, but Ben and I kind of toyed with the idea of me starting photography over the summer Mm -hmm. for a few months. We went on a trip with his family and I really like practiced with my camera, like saying like, can I take pictures Mm -hmm. of people? I battled with a lot of fear. And so Mm -hmm. I was just like practicing all summer. And then in September, literally it was September 2nd when I officially like launched Mm. my business but it's definitely not anywhere like it was back then I had no idea what I was doing back then and so yeah and kind of when you started why did you start one just practically speaking I could not leave Ezra (laughs) yeah and I know this is nothing against working moms working moms are champions and I am so proud of the work you do but I could not leave Ezra Mm. like I would I remember sitting on the bed, even before he was here, with Ben, like, 
pregnant as can be, just telling Ben, I'm not going back. I can't go mm -hmm. back. I'm not going to be able to leave this baby. And he wasn't yeah. even here yet. I told Ben, I said, so I hear so many people work from home, which is crazy now with coronavirus, but mm -hmm. I hear so many people can work from home, but I just don't know what that would look like for me. I don't know if I could do photography. Do I know enough people to be able to do photography? I am a free spirit. I'm like, I will make a way I think God will provide if I just go into it with hope and anticipation and drive. And so Ben was way more nervous about it. That's so initially I started because I was like, I do love photography and I've always had a camera with me everywhere I'm going and I do really enjoy photography and I'd still be working with people and and I think I could put a different spin on photography that would make it unique. However, this would also be a really cool opportunity for me to stay home with Ezra and still provide. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, so I think that's my initial spark mm -hmm. of this is why I think I want to do photography. And when but. you started getting into it, was there a specific person who you kind of either looked at on Instagram or watched a certain video yes. to kind of learn how to start actually doing the practical side of yeah. going about like booking clients, all that stuff? So you can teach yourself everything as far as shooting and your camera settings on YouTube. Like mm -hmm. you literally can watch video after video after video and then you just go out into the field and like actually practice with people. But a Athena and Cameron are two photographers. They are husband and wife. She Athena is the wife and she is um, Australian. And then he, Cameron, is the husband and he's American. But they are wedding photographers mm -hmm. and have just like such a passion for photography and also teaching photographers. Mm -hmm. And they're big. I was so drawn to them because their big pull is that they feel like every photography session should be connection-based. So it's not just, hey, I'm going to pose you here and I'm going to make it really candid photography and make it look really good so you can post it on your Pinterest or whatever. But mm -hmm. no, none of that. They're like, we want you to tangibly feel everything you felt during this session when you look back on your pictures years from now. So they ask you questions during the mm -hmm. session. They, they just... They make it a really, really peaceful and encouraging and uplifting setting during your session. And I really was like drawn to that because it really mm -hmm. pulled in social work elements into photography using like the creative photographer um, flair too. Mm -hmm. So I love them yeah. and like go follow them and like all their stuff because they are so passionate. Mm -hmm. And especially given this time with coronavirus, mm -hmm. they could use all the support and they deserve all the support. Yeah. So yeah, they were definitely the people mm -hmm. that I was really encouraged by. And when by. you first started, did you get most of your clients just by referral so you took photos of one person yeah. and they were like Lindsay's great or was it more you used hashtags on Instagram to oh, get people yeah. to discover you this is kind of interesting so I thought I was like well I don't know if I know enough people to take pictures of and I was really nervous to mm -hmm. like ask friends and family to do it and so at first honestly it was posting on social media mm -hmm. so I think even like Michelle Michelle has a huge following and so I'm not saying like I piggybacked all of my clients off Michelle but my no. first wedding was a subscriber of Michelle's someone was telling me that they 
when, when it came to shooting weddings, you shoot your first wedding and they'll just all come in. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that like, if you're a terrible photographer, they're like all going to come flooding in, mm-hmm. but it did happen for me. I shot my first wedding and posted the pictures and now I've shot, I will after mm-hmm. this year, I think shot over 12 weddings, which yeah. is crazy within two years of just starting my business and not knowing if I wanted to do wedding yeah. photography. Yeah, I started out with social media and now it's definitely referrals. So yeah. it's definitely, I always ask in my first email, how did you find me? And mm-hmm. it's always, oh, I know so-and-so who knows so-and-so and yeah. maybe they saw it on Instagram, but it's definitely from trusted friends and starting out how did you figure out how much you should be charging for oh, certain photo shoots because i know this is something that within the last with. year you recently <laughs> changed your yeah. prices and i think it's really important for freelancers in general to be transparent about rates and kind of deciding them because it can be this mystery thing and then you realize wow i'm you know charging half what i should be charging for things that take up a lot more time or even we were just talking about how you know doing free things you end up spending more money than you're making (laughs) and when i first started shooting i basically did like a self assessment on myself which Mm -hmm. sounds weird but i was like i feel like most people are charging like thousands of dollars for photography Mm -hmm. so i'll just start charging like 500 so it's Mm -hmm. really like pleasing to people when they see it and they say well that's super cheap but then also it's still 500 dollars. like to me i'm super frugal so i was like 500 dollars. that's a lot you know it came to the end of the year with my taxes and my big goal was to like save up enough money in my business to be able to up upgrade my camera like that Mm -hmm. was all I was wanting my first year and then to have a little bit extra to be able to support with like diapers and stuff I just realized that there's so many expenses that come into place when you own your own business Mm -hmm. that you just don't think of like camera flash batteries and and you have to upgrade your gear and like I barely Mm -hmm. had to file any taxes because I spent so much on like the business, <laughs> which I think your expenses. first year is probably really natural because you're buying all the equipment yeah, to be able to do it. Exactly. And so like within the second year, I've seen a huge difference, but I also was like, I can't go through that again. Like mm-hmm. the whole reason why I went into photography was because I was super passionate about it, but I need to make some money off yeah. of it too, you know? And so just so I can keep afloat and keep mm-hmm. going. After talking to a couple people and talking to our dad too, kind of sat down with him. He basically said that I need to to like quadruple my pricing <laughs> yeah. basically. And um, I was really nervous about doing it, prayed about it before. Ben was super encouraging and I just put him out there and I've booked like double the amount of weddings wow. that I did before. And so and I almost it's think that maybe charging more people almost take you more seriously. Exactly. And yeah. so because I looking at what we paid our photographers for our wedding to me was the lowest of all the quotes that I got, but it was still a lot of money. compared to what you were charging and I think that's what it it gave me more freedom to Mm -hmm. be able to say like because I quadrupled my pricing like Mm -hmm. I also in this package I'll put like a photo album and I'll customize a photo album Mm -hmm. for you and I have the availability to do it because I did higher my prices and so like small tangible things like that but then also yeah I did get a lot of questions in my consults that were like well why are you so cheap like (laughs) And, and then I would, on the wedding day, like, I have a very different style of photography where you, I'm always asking questions and there's 
just a whole different level of intimacy in the session mm-hmm. because like for instance like if it was you and Aiden mm-hmm. I would like tell you guys where to stand and like where to put your hands but then I would also tell you like Michelle why don't you describe one quality of Aiden's that you feel sets him apart mm-hmm. and then it just makes you relax and makes you look more natural and stuff so I would do that kind of stuff during the wedding day which is totally different like wedding photographers don't normally do that mm-hmm. because you have a lot going on on your yeah. wedding day and a lot to take pictures of. So then after the wedding, they'd be like, oh my gosh, Lindsay, like some people would even like tip me, which was so nice. Okay, I need to believe in myself a little mm-hmm. bit more than I do. Yeah. And the last thing I wanted to end on is kind of balancing both, you know, working from home and doing your own business while also watching Ezra <laughs> because Lindsay's husband, Ben, is a teacher and also works yeah. full time. I mean, does have more flexible hours where he's not working until yeah. like 7 p.m. every night. But how do you balance still... structuring your time doing both to where you yeah. can still, you know, be the mom you want to be, but also have your own business too. Yeah. So I think that was something we had to consider too. The only reason why I was able to do photography and commit my clients and my business was having support. And that was the big thing is that at the time it was just our family that lived close. And so my mom would watch Ezra for us every other day when I was just starting out. Cause I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't have a ton of clients at that time. Now coronavirus has kind of, <laughs> yeah. Pre-corona. like a wrench in it a little bit. But both Ben and I have our family that lives close. And so we are very blessed to not have to pay for any like childcare. So we basically have a normal routine as far as Ezra will go over to Ben's parents on Thursdays. So practically speaking, we do have support that will watch Mm -hmm. him on Thursdays. And then my mom will take Ezra for shoots that I have if they're you know, on the weekdays mm-hmm. and they will watch him. And then a lot of my work is honestly done during his nap and at night. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. I don't have regular work hours. It's not like, and maybe I will one day, but I wanted when to be older. able to, yeah, I wanted to be able to do photography as a mom of not only one kid, but multiple kids. Mm-hmm. And so part of that is that you just have to adjust your schedule and be really flexible. And so Ezra is such a good sleeper and nap and so he naps three hours during the day like his naps are so long Mm -hmm. I wish I could take a three-hour nap every day but he naps and so I just work while he naps and then I work at night and then on the weekends if I don't have shoots I will work too so I just find time where I can which is incredibly exhausting to other people but then when you're a mom and you've already kind of gone through the newborn stage yeah. and have had sleep and all that. You're just you're like, used this is to nothing. it. Yeah, you're just used yeah. to it. So that's what I kind of do now. Yeah. That's good advice. I think this is where I'm going to end Chatty off. I think we talked for like an hour, <laughs> an hour. and a half or Ben's something. Gonna be like, what are they doing in yeah. there? Yeah, this is really good. I really hope... It gave you guys a different perspective on, you know, running a business while having a family. And I feel like we covered a lot of different topics, but... You're going to have to cut this one down. I know. This one's going to have a few <laughs> edits. But if you guys want to check out Lindsay's photography business, obviously right now she is not fully doing shoots, but she is booking shoots for later in 2020, assuming yes. things go back to normal. So I'll have her Instagram and her photography website in the show yeah. notes of this. So you guys should Perfect. check it out. I'm used to saying... Thanks, y'all. Check out the description of the video. So it's always 
weird saying the show notes. Yeah. Or you could just like scroll through Michelle's Instagram. Eventually you'll find all of our family somewhere. And that is it for today's episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Let me know if you liked getting a different perspective. Of course, I'm still kind of figuring out the podcast, what you guys like, while also making sure it's something that I personally like and I'm personally proud of. So let me know if you like the length of this, if you liked it being more conversational. But my Instagram is at Michelle Reed if you want to just reach out to me there. I'd really appreciate it. And just thanks again for all the love. I'm so thankful for just the response I've had from you guys with launching this in the middle of everything going on. It's just been really sweet to see you guys being so supportive and it means the world to me. So I really appreciate it and I will talk to you guys in my next episode. Bye friends.